and welcome to Plus One to Gaming. I'm Chris. And I'm Eric. And today we are going to go into some speculation on D&D 6E, which probably not an official term, but that's the news. There's Wizards has announced that Dungeons and Dragons is getting a rules overhaul in 2024. So we thought it'd be fun to just kind of guess and speculate and maybe put out our wishful thoughts our positive energies on what an evolution of D&D and specifically D&D 5e would look like. So Eric, given, you know, if you had a magic wand and you could alter 5e into any beast you choose, how would you start adjusting it or how what would you look for in a new system? What would excite you? Um I I think that the one of the easiest things to change that I know the fan base has been asking for for a long time that actually might be a little bit of like a weirdly hot topic is to change everything to the metric system. Interesting. Do tell. So there's there's just a lot. I, I believe that I don't have any examples, so this might be <laughs> not a great example, uh, but... I believe that the core rule book kind of jumps between uh, measuring systems. So there's some that's imperial, there's some that's metric, there's some that's like a mixture of. A lot of the things that I've read is just change everything to the metric system. Uh, it also could be an interesting way for like young kids and Americans to actually learn the metric system. <laughs> what a novel idea. Like, yeah, we'll be somewhere... I'll be watching like a, a TV show and they're like, they're going 60 kilometers an hour. And I'm like, that, that means nothing to me. I, I don't know if that is fast. If that is, I have no clue. I have no reference for this. <laughs> so I think that that could be a simple change that, I mean, obviously it's not like an interesting change or like a, a core rule books level change, but first thing, you know, step one, change everything to metric. Yeah, well, it's, an, it's a simple consistency or maybe even like quality of life type of thing, especially if you're a European player or anywhere mm -hmm. else aside from the United States. That could be helpful. I, I could see that. Yeah, I don't know the numbers of like player base and, and demographics or geographics or anything like that, but I would, I would have to imagine there's a... I mean, the United States is the only like one of three countries in the world that uses imperial system. The player base outside of here has to be substantial enough to to make it matter, to make yeah. it easy. One would hope. All right, so that's um, some quality of life things. What about like mm -hmm. actual game mechanics? Where would you start tinkering if you uh, if you could? If you were if you were a game developer at Wizards, what would you be working on? See, this is I, I would say this is not my forte. To be honest, I don't know what I would like. What I would change. Some of it, there, there's a pretty high like barrier to entry on on a lot of stuff, and I know that they they addressed that with Five E. That was like part of part of the the goal is to make it more accessible. I would say that they succeeded, but I I would I would bet they could go a little farther. There's a lot of like I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of redundancy, at least like spell wise. I don't I wouldn't want them to like take spells away, but there's a lot of spells that do kind of like very, very similar things. There's a lot of spells that are just named weird. I mean the, the classic example is um 
what is it like ice touch frosty touch with cold touch what's oh, it chill touch called? chill touch <laughs> with their every every synonym of it which is neither touching nor cold it's like necrotic like again it's it's not a huge overhaul but like i think streamlining some things cleaning up some things because it's just i don't know i i, I think of D D and i think of a lot of things i know we talked about like my pandora uh playlist as like making a samurai sword like they're throwing in a bunch of steel and now we have to hammer out like the the carbon or however you make samurai swords we've thrown in a bunch of stuff over the past however many years 5e's been out and it's gotten maybe a little bloated i would i would maybe like to see a a more streamlined version of it that could be interesting because coming from short-lived 4e which Mm -hmm. i don't think we ever played as no. a friend group but i i have played 4e and even the um acquisitions inc podcast started off on the 4e system oh really yeah so they i believe they were doing some promotional stuff with wizards at the time or maybe they mm-hmm. just wanted to play it i can't remember it was so long ago yeah but yeah they started off on 4e because that was the new that was the new thing it was three, you know you went from 3.5e and like what you, you play dungeons and dragons nerd yeah so 4e was a very simplified almost arcade or video game like engine your character didn't have a lot you just didn't have a whole lot of like customization for your character and it was just kind of spam these few abilities over and over again and they quickly evolved kind of maybe taking a a step backwards not in a bad way but looking at the rules and bringing in more customization into 5e and just more depth to the character building process and the things that you can do with your class and race etc just more options Mm -hmm. but in terms of making it more accessible i wonder if there's a a balance point between those two systems that gets the rules a little bit more out of the way yeah while not feeling so oversimplified that you're just uh an avatar and you're spamming these abilities to get through the game yeah, and I think that, I mean, I think that's what 5e is, is supposed to be like the balance point. Now, whether or not they feel like they nailed it, or if they nailed it, who knows? So this might be a, a like a course correction in, in one way or another. I mean, it could be the opposite of what I'm saying. It could be more rules heavy. It could be more in depth. Maybe they're finding that their player base wants that. I would, I would doubt as a business, like thinking... Thinking as a business, you want to you want your target market to be the majority of people, not the really like core players. So core players oftentimes are disappointed with changes like this, uh, or with any like video game. I would say because it doesn't normally target them. Yeah, you know if you're if you're core player, you're real like rules lawyer, you're real nerd, quote unquote, whatever. That's like ten percent maybe. Yeah, so it's, let's put it this way. If you like Morrowind over Skyrim, you're a core player. You like the in-depth character building, the skill assessment, mm-hmm. the skill uh, allocations, and you're really paying attention to everything. Whereas like Skyrim is the most distilled version of the Elder Scrolls series. Everything that would, yeah. that I think made the Elder Scrolls so cool early on kind of got watered mm-hmm. out. Yeah, so... A perfect example. The core player, the people who really enjoyed that, were 
not the ones, not the new target market. You you want to broaden. You always want to broaden your market. And Dungeons and Dragons was super Wizards, I guess, was super successful with that with Five E because Five E was a simplification, a streamline, uh, made it more popular. So I don't know. They they might be going more in that direction. I would I would bet that at least a a good amount of it is is something to make it more digestible for the average non-player. You already have your players. Yeah. You've got yeah, your core your core fan base is not going away more or less. Like when Bethesda watered down Skyrim mm-hmm. like the mechanics, I still play it and I still love it. I play it more yeah. I've probably logged more hours in Skyrim than I have in Marwind at this point. That's fine. Yeah. I think some of my predictions for an evolution, I mean exactly what you said, streamlining a lot of the rules. I think we're gonna see more maybe mechanics for collaborative storytelling for facilitating that and for more <clears throat> uh agency. Similar I think kind of like similar to how we play our games where yeah. you know we kind of make some things up on the fly and maybe even make up some mechanics on the fly to, to facilitate the role playing experiences. Yeah. And giving more structure to that for players to uh, to roll into their games would be really cool. I also wonder if we're going to see just complete departures in, in adopting new systems. Like uh, Powered by the Apocalypse has some really cool mm-hmm. mechanics that you can use for storytelling. That's kind of what I'm referring to is like yeah. using those mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe even a DM-less, a way to run DM-less you know like it's interesting it's a fun role to play yeah they're also i know wizards is experimenting with different like delivery vehicles for the dungeons and dragons experience yeah if you go into a hobby shop you see there is so much DD merchandise Mm -hmm. and they're expanding into just digital areas and 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 trying to bring those connectivity the the connective tissues together Mm mm-hmm so, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping this isn't the case, but if it's integrated with like D&D Beyond. Yeah. Where there's going to be this giant paywall in front of everything, which <laughs> that would be unfortunate. Yeah. But So, I mean, again, though, thinking about like as a business, I mean, because Wizards isn't... Who's Wizards owned by? Hasbro? Uh, they're owned by Hasbro now, yeah. Yeah, like Hasbro wants every one of its subsidiaries to be profitable. And like Wizards is, has been doing really well in the past five years, six years, whatever it's been. Um, a lot of it, I would assume, is due to like the popularity of Critical Role and, and different things like that. Twitch streaming has has done a lot of like really good free advertising for D anD. d Not to mention uh, Stranger Things and other yeah, you know, pop yeah. culture phenomenons. It's kind of back in the pop culture. 5e has made it more accessible for, for the average person. I mean, even us. Like, I had wanted to play D&D for a long time, and we didn't truly start playing until 5e. We played a little bit of 3.5 um, years ago, probably 10 years ago. Um, but we didn't really start playing until 5e made it very, you know, the, the entry wall was, was pretty low. Yeah. So. But as an as an organization, I would expect that they are looking for some synergies like that. Um, it's interesting you brought up like the the a DM less mode of play. 
because I feel like most people, most groups, that's the hardest role to fill. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of people who are like, I want to play, but I've never been able to find a group. And really what they mean is I've never been able to find a DM. So that's that's an interesting zig that I wouldn't have expected when when I would expect them to zag. But it makes sense. Well, like imagine if, you know, you and I were hanging out or maybe it was you, me and Billy and we wanted Mm -hmm. to play, but we just didn't have that. You just need that fourth person. As an example, or, you know, you've got a group of people, but nobody has the desire or experience to DM. What if you could play some kind of directed adventure, you know, with with just like maybe it's through cards or maybe they have just a different. Yeah, uh, so that's that's what I was thinking. They they like making cards. You know, we've seen a lot of like spell cards, different things. That's also a, a revenue source. That would be interesting to to see. I don't, I'm trying to think of like the mechanics of it. It wouldn't probably be too difficult. Um, that's, it's kind of an, an, an interesting concept. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't be opposed to a new engine that even like as you're playing, you know, what if you found something and you have cards that have like unique abilities that you can do, like single resource items? Um, you know, sometimes you find a magic wand. Yeah, and I don't know, just some some stuff like that. I, I like tangible rewards. Sometimes it's it's fun. So the Witchlight Carnival, what is the name of this book? Wild Beyond the Witchlight. So the Wild Beyond the Witchlight adventure also has a a companion D and D accessories package that comes with some dice. It looks like it comes with a map that's like kind of cool. Uh, and it comes with some cards. So I would, I don't know, but I would bet that at least part of the rework is potentially making D&D more board game-like. You know, the the board game industry is huge right now. And it's more than likely, I don't know, again, I don't have data, but probably bigger during the pandemic because you can't, couldn't do anything, yeah. you know? Probably shouldn't have had friends over to your house playing board games, but it's not like you could go out and do, you know, all the stuff you were doing before. So the at-home entertainment industries have all had, like, watershed years. Uh, Wizards included. I think 2020 was their, like, highest revenue year ever. So I wonder if part of the 5.5e is making it more board game-like. Yeah, and I... So... That excites me and scares me at the same time. It excites me yeah. because, you know, it, it's back to our you know discussions about DMless running DMless campaigns. It maybe having those those types of structures yeah. removes the ne- the need for the DM if you've got you know a board game type of layout. But yeah. that's also kind of scary too because you know what if you're playing like we play on Roll Twenty because we live in four different states, or you're just a you're just averse to buying stuff. Maybe it's just not within your budget. Yes, yeah. I'm hoping there's still ways to enjoy. I want to get this book. I'm going to order it uh, to read it so we can talk about it and review it. But I'm curious yeah. if you can play this without having to purchase all of that companion stuff. I mean, I would assume so. Yeah. I, it, this this thing doesn't let me see what like the cards are and dice. Like again, we don't need like dice, whatever. Yeah. Um, maps the same. Like it is weird to me that a lot of like the books that we buy don't come with these big maps like Skyrim. And we talked about Skyrim a lot. Skyrim came with a big map. Like I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to have to spend 30 extra dollars for a map 
cards and dice. Yeah. But I guess it's just like at the same time, if you if you want to keep the cost low for the book first, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know. I, I guess I would prefer just like for me, I don't really that stuff's cool. Yeah. But I'm a bit of a minimalist. This is anecdotal purely, but I don't want all that other shit right now. <laughs> there yeah. was a place in yeah. time where I did though. There was a place in time when I would love that. I, I yes, I agree. I you know, I still have a giant bag of dice that we play digitally now, so we never use, but yeah. I I I don't think I don't know, because they, they've done stuff similar to this before where they've released like packages that go kind of along with it. Um Again, I, I don't know what these cards are in this. Um, 19 double-sided cards with descriptions and illustrations of characters, creatures, games, and other features in the Witchlight Carnival. So, Yeah, okay. It's kind of about what we talked about before of just bringing some of those DM materials to and, like, yeah. cards. I mean, it's like, like when you buy spell cards or... Exactly. This is same same car monster cards same thing yes so so that again is pretty par for the course for wizards and i don't think would necessitate uh, a rule version update so i'm i'm wondering like if they're going to start doing this more often which revenue wise makes sense cards are cheap to print people will pay 30 bucks for a map yeah and cards and low dice. margin like, uh yes or I'm sorry, high margin, low overhead. Uh, yeah, products. So I mean, even just in Amazon, they've got like Rime of the Frost Maiden, Blue Dice, twenty two dollars. So they they do this stuff. That's fine. They're a business. That I don't think necessitates a world or a uh, a version change. But if they were thinking to of making it more board game esque, board game friendly, that that could. Yeah, I yeah, I think diving in a little deeper there, a rule a D&D 5 D&D 5.5 that opens up more opportunities for merchandising products and bringing that world in or bringing that into the world mm-hmm. makes does make sense from a business perspective and doesn't adjust the game so much where you can't border border five or 5.5 if that's yeah. what it's actually going to look like i don't know yep but it's an interesting thing to think about i am even more curious now but it's it's neat because there are just so many opportunities to take to take the game in new directions and i think that would be a really fun one is if you could offer different ways to play the game mm-hmm. i think that could be a meaningful change Interesting. Yeah. So I'm, I was reading on one of the one of the articles about this update, and it said that Wizards is going to uh, reveal player surveys. They'll be distributed in 2022. Yeah. In in order to give players a say about what they want out of the new rule changes. So that's kind of interesting because I'd be willing to bet. So this kind of gets maybe goes against my previous point. But I'd be willing to bet the people that answer that are only going to be the core players. Perhaps. Like, yeah. Well, well first of all, on, you, like, people who how, aren't playing, yeah, people who aren't playing aren't going to get this and answer it. Um, so it's, it's already just your player base. And then, I mean, I, I imagine there will be questions in there to kind of figure out how, 
how long you've been playing, what's your style, these types of things. I well, go, I, I'm gonna kind of invoke your earlier point that Wizards is a subsidiary of Hasbro now, and Hasbro mm-hmm. is a, an established corporation with a marketing, in-house marketing team. Yeah, Th- that survey is really going to only be as good as their marketing efforts. Of to, course, um, just being a marketer, you have to be very proactive in getting a sample base large enough that's going to give you a, a, a good perspective of of who you're serving. So I, I, I feel you like, is it going to be the most vocalized players who are going to be doing this? Or is the company doing its due diligence to mm-hmm. source uh, a wider range of information? And from what I've heard of, of Wizards playtesting and what they do, you know, when they're developing rule sets and game sets, and they have so much experience at this with Magic the Gathering as one example. Mm-hmm. I... I, I trust that they are putting a lot of time and effort um, into building this. And, and I'm going to just be open in, in saying that I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Because 5e itself has just, I mean, we've said this, you've said this specifically, it's a hell of a drug. And so yeah. this new version, if it's going in with the uh, intention to overhaul, which is a nice, instead of like a new rule set, I think an overhaul is is maybe more exciting because I like 5e. I don't necessarily want 5e to go away. Yeah, that is... I'm trying to come at it with a a positive mindset in the same way because I really do like 5e. I'm used to it. I know the mechanics fairly well. Um, It's easy enough. I think it is that, like, it's a very good balance. It might not be perfect, but I think it's a, a good balance of, like, a lot of rules, a lot of stuff, but but relatively easy to digest. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm. I know there was like rumblings of the, and it may have been this that we were kind of hearing about, but there were rumblings like I think last year that they were looking to to make the next version, like D and D six, and I wasn't excited about it. But a D and D like five e point five or five point five e, however you would do it. That I'm into. Uh, it it does strike a good balance. It might not be the best game system out there, but the other th- positive is there are so many game systems out there that will fit your particular style of play if it's not D&D. I think that just mm-hmm. D&D 5e specifically gives you a very solid, flexible framework. And of course, you can always build on it and modify it, but I'm really excited to see what this... Uh, what this new version will entail. Another thing that we, we forgot to mention is that they are, at least the word on the street is that this overhauled edition is still going to be 5e compatible. Yeah. Which I think is really fun because. so Yeah. So that's kind of, I feel like the difference between going from a 3.5 to a four to a five, or apparently this happened in, in D and D three it got a 3.5 update and everything was was still backwards compatible. Um, so that's the difference, I guess, between making like a whole new version or and an update. So that's that's exciting. That makes me way less nervous about it. Yeah, because it's uh, um, we had a friend I was playing with when I lived in Vermont and he wanted to run um, the, the Salt Marshes campaign. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, I, can't, I think maybe it's like the, the Ghosts of Salt Marsh. Ghosts of Salt Marsh. Yeah, which was a um a, a very old campaign. I think it was the first campaign that was written 
uh, by the European TSR team, which I think was one guy maybe. Uh, yeah. But essentially it was like the first, um, you know, UK or, you know, campaign that was made outside of the US. And it was really fun, but he had to go in and convert it to 5e because at the time that module wasn't released. It yeah. was kind of ironic. Maybe a year or two later, they actually did release a 5e version of that, mm -hmm. which I think we should play because it was hella fun when we played it before. But it was a lot of work for him to do that. I looked at some of the, he showed me some of the original material. Yeah. And it was all Greek to me. I did not understand it. I have some of the old rule books from 2 and 3.5 even, um, but I have some from like the 70s and 80s. And looking through it, it is like, I felt like, oh, this is that. This is, no, looking through it, it was very, it was like reading a different language or like a, a code book. Yeah. And also, so when I first started to try to play D&D, &D, it was on 4E mm -hmm. and I was, you know, reading the rules and trying to figure out how do I run, how do I play the game? Yeah. And even with that, I just remember feeling very overwhelmed because there was just so much, especially because I was, I wanted to play. So I had to be the DM for, you know, our perspective yep. table. Yep. And I think I just quit because it was too much for me at the time to really comprehend and bring it all together, especially amongst like everyone was new. Everyone was completely fresh yeah. um, to this concept. So I just gave up. Yeah. And I think, so that's kind of the, the barrier to entry that I keep talking about. Like people who are interested in this, it's in the zeitgeist. It's, you know, stranger things, season three is coming out. Like there's a bunch of, of things that are, peaking people's interest. We've heard about this game since we were kids. So finally somebody every day is going to be like, okay, I want to try it. They get, you know, the core rule books or whatever. They go online, they watch some things and it is even 5e is like fairly complicated. There's now I, I feel like, I mean, yeah, there's a the, lot. You look at the DM book, the, the dungeon master's guide alone. Mm -hmm. yeah. and that's a hefty volume. And if yes. you're DMing, you need to read that. You need to read the player's handbook and you need to be browsing. And have the monster manual. Yeah. yeah. So that's I that's kind of the I don't know, where I thought that they would try to simplify it because like we've only they've only added more books. You know, so now it's not even you can play obviously with just those three. You could get the starter set, which you know, they've they've done things to try to make it easier to come in but even the starter set like was fairly complicated we played through it and had a blast and like i like the adventure but there's a lot going on yeah and it's like a big the, adventure we skipped things too like there were things in there we didn't do so the last thing i really want them to do is streamline adventures and make them kind of easier to consume but even in, in, in every single adventure we've ever played we've missed tons of stuff you know, that's just kind of by design because we, we zigged when we should have zagged or zagged when we should have zigged or whatever. And that's kind of the fun of it. Like, let's say like Strahd, you get the Strahd book. It's a thick book. The DM reads through the whole thing and the players do 40% of it. Like, that's a lot of wasted time and effort on the DM's part. So I don't know how to solve that. But I would imagine that that's one of the issues they're looking at like there are a lot of people who want to play this game but are 
turned off by the complexity. Yeah, I, I really am curious how with an overhaul of 5e as like assuming that it's going to be maybe serve more or less as the skeleton for what the, the new version will look like. Yeah, I, I am really curious in what ways can you make it more accessible because from a from a player standpoint, I think you really could streamline some of the like ability score stuff. Yeah, uh, I think the racial traits really help make the characters it helps give another distinction point Mm -hmm. with the classes it is nice having all of these options and very unique flavors of uh, of those classes but i also wonder too if you know kind of like in the skyrim model you can you can just kind of do whatever and if you do more of that thing you get better at it so i don't know if maybe there's going to be something more flexible in terms of your class or role choice or character building Mm -hmm. Tasha's yeah. introduced some mechanics or a lot of mechanics for custom and homebrewing stuff. Yeah. And I wonder if there will be just more open-endedness from that aspect in a new version, if that's the way they went with 5e sort of at the, I guess we're kind of nearing at the, the end of its life cycle. So one thing I read said, this is, I mean, again, there the word they're using is like 5.5 similar to 3.5 yeah and i read somewhere that it's they're saying it's the middle of its life not the end of not the end of 5e's life cycle but it's the middle of five's life cycle that would make sense because i feel like there's still a lot of merchandising they can do to milk this cash cow all the way home oh yeah in a 5e or 5.5e if it's if the intention is to make it backwards compatible enables them to continue selling all that other merchandise and still like making money off of it. Exactly. Yeah. And at five, five, E came out in 2014. Yeah. I so think, didn't it? that's not that old. I, I just, I just looked it up. Do you think that's not that old? I think that's crazy old. Seven years. People are still playing world of Warcraft. Yeah. And Mortal Warcraft gets updates all the time. I mean, and well, so is five E. So, so is five E. <laughs> so that's, again, it's kind of the, I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see what they do because it's not the way that like I feel like every book that comes out I mean like you mentioned Tasha's with the like character building change like that's a huge change to the game. I feel like a lot of the books that come out change the game pretty significantly. I'm There's excited some... to see what what they what they are brewing that would necessitate like an entire version change. Exactly, because like you look at some of the big milestones throughout Five E. One of them was uh, Volos mm-hmm. being able to oh, I can play monster, be play as a monster now. Yeah, that was a really cool one. Uh, Sanathars, I think, brought some cool stuff, and of course, Tasha's co- like completely. I won't say upended the game. Maybe I'll say yeah. opened the game by giving players and DMs all of these tools and frameworks to easily create whatever the hell they want at that point though yeah i think maybe it's from the campaign and storytelling perspectives that might shift like how Mm -hmm. how those things are run the only other things i can think of are just like the actual core mechanics you know the d20 is definitely not going away yeah so i wonder what resolving things is going to look like or like how those calc maybe the calculations that we use are going to get more simplified that would be nice that would be nice yeah i agree with you that the like character creation 
could be simplified. I don't know how, obviously. But every time, and we've, we've been making a lot of characters recently and, like, actually building out the sheets instead of just, like, oh, well, this would be fun. And every time I have to be like, Fuck, how do I get this? What is this again? It's not intuitive at all. Well, it's also, yeah, I mean, those are like the, the mechanical stuff and it's not as mm -hmm. fun as the traits and the bonds and flaws and the equipment and some of that other more colorful yeah. stuff. I do, there is, um, so that folklore system that we dabbled with and some others have a unique way that I really like it to, to kind of, I guess, like a different approach to the character sheet. Yeah. It's using like traits and characteristics and by putting those on your character sheet, those just add to your pool of potential success for a particular uh, task or action or something. So an example would be like, okay, my character is charming and that's just a, a yeah. characteristic that he has. And you get, you know, because this is an, a role-playing game, you can kind of weight that in terms of ability. So maybe I have like a plus three charisma mm -hmm. and, or plus three charming and Anytime I'm trying to, oh, I want to try and you know persuade this person by being charming, you just get to add that trait to your role with any other maybe bonuses that you get, and you just inc help improve your success of probability or your chance of probability yeah. chance of success, just like we do in D and D, but it's just a more streamlined version, and you can just get based on the character you're building, you just get to pick that. It doesn't necessarily have to be limited by oh you're a ranger class, so you can't be good at investigation yeah. or arcana. Like that's dumb. Why why can't they if I want that? And I don't know because like the the character sheet is is indicative of Dungeons and Dragons like and the stat array and all of that. I would just so I don't know if it would go as as far as to like have it as open ended as some of those other games that we've played. Yeah. But I would I don't know. I would like to see a simplified version of the character sheet. Again, even as somebody who's made dozens of them, every time I have to like what is this again? Like, it just, it's, I don't know. It's not the fun part for me. I love making characters. I hate making character sheets. Yeah, it's... Uh... Like, actually going through and, and hammering out, like, the nuts and bolts of, of the character sheet every time. And then I have to, I feel like, I have to have, like, Billy check my homework. I'm like, did I do this right? Yeah. Because I want to do, like, creative stuff sometimes. And, and the characters we've been making recently are relatively simple because they're low level, but... Like, I, I want to have an interesting character. I want to do interesting stuff. And mechanically, sometimes, like, I'll read through the book. I'm like, okay, cool. That makes sense. This works. Blah, 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 blah. And I'll get to, like, the pen and paper part of it. And I'm like, shit, where do I put this? How does this work? I, I, I feel like it's weird to say, but I feel like the character sheet is, like, it has not evolved with the rest of the game. And there's a ton of ones out there you can download where people have made like new versions of them and this mm -hmm. and that. And like they're cool too, but I don't know. We've even tried it. Yeah. Um make making new character sheets. Uh those I, I don't know if there's one out there that makes it like like a sim simple to create a new character and has like space for all the stuff. Cause even now that we're doing it digitally, like I wanna put all my feats in there. So I remember I have them. I want to put all my features all my you know and there's a spot for like feats and features but i can't fit even at level four i can't fit everything in there yeah especially gets, if you want to include what it does so you don't have to refer to the handbook yeah i've yeah. had to just stop doing that i just put the name in and then yeah. i can like oh well i have this and i have to look it up right because again like 
there's just so much stuff that they've added and that's not a bad thing that's a good thing there's so much uh options to choose from i'm never going to remember what this one specific thing does because i've never you know i want to play a new class i want to play a new interesting thing and it, it just gets kind of tough to uh to memorize all of it and then there's not a good way to to showcase that on the on the character sheet so i don't know i would hope that they would they would do a new character sheet I have not. I've I've also looked as well. I've tried to create my own as well. I've not seen. I've yet to find a character sheet model that has blown me away. Yeah, I'm close to a to a couple that I've that's that have looked nice, but mm-hmm. I I would love to see a character sheet that actually helps guide, especially like newer players, that helps yeah. you make sense of and create a character quickly. I think D beyond kind of bridges that gap as an online portal since they booted off orc pub portal. yeah can we pour well, one off for orc pub real quick yeah i think they're i don't want to blow them up but there's something that's very similar to them that i found recently um yeah a pivot and but that's the thing so like we're, we're talking about them as a business so they want to control the narrative they want to control all of the stuff they they want D online i'm surprised roll 20 still out there and they haven't made something as a direct competitor to it. But I mean, they, they very easily could have on their like official, because you know, they have wizards of the coast official character sheets, like go to this website for like a, an in-depth guide on how to fill out the character sheet or something like that. Because sometimes like I'll have to look online and like watch a YouTube for something that's like, especially if it's like kind of like really specific and, and detailed. I'm like, Mm. I don't, how do I do this? Well, <laughs> like, I guess we should make our own videos. We maybe might should, to be yeah. honest. Um, I'm I am a little blown away at so D and D has a couple podcasts. They have a couple streams and different things like that. They have some stuff on YouTube. They oftentimes are like the fourth or fifth most popular. Like it's it's weird to me that like if you're looking for something, normally I would think like go to the source. And they, I don't, I don't think they've done, I don't know if they haven't focused on it often enough or, or put enough resources into it, but like a lot of mom and pop channels are exponentially more successful and by, you know, view count and subscriber than, than the official Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. I Um, wonder if that, it could be something by choice. It's, it's weird for this particular type of product because generally you'd prefer other people talk like your affiliates and you can have affiliate programs and make money off of that as a side um Mm -hmm. side revenues and maybe that's what it is you just it's harder to compete with those when you are the brand to say that our brand is great and these are all these great things about it or it could be just a conscious choice like oh no we need to focus on pr and attracting new audiences and we don't really care as much about creating resources to get them onboarded to the to the game yeah I don't know, maybe because because even like they're they're just general like talking about the game, which I would assume is PR. Yeah. Like you know they'll have some of like the head writers it. on or whatever, and it just doesn't. I don't know. They don't they don't do as well as I would expect them to do. Yeah, and it might be just that thing. Like people prefer, even though it's wizards and people do love wizards. Yeah, like it's still marketing. It's still promotion. It's still sales and people might be just a little more reticent to tune into that. Yeah, maybe. Cause I, 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 I typically am a little allergic to that stuff. Um, I'm highly allergic generally cause I am a marketer. Yeah. But 
like I sought out some like Wizards podcasts and stuff because like I was like I want to listen to especially like the lore. Uh-huh. Like I want to learn more about the like deep lore of the world and stuff. And, and they have that podcast. It is like a segment in a longer podcast, and it wasn't it wasn't like super popular. I was just I don't know. I was really surprised. So I oh you know what. I think what it is, like, the, the crux of that issue is when you've got, like, Joe Smith at home who's got tons of time to dive balls deep into a topic, mm-hmm. like, lore, he's just going to do that, and he's going to do it because he's excited and passionate about it. When you've got, like, a Wizards employee who they've been asked to do this podcast, and yeah. it's not part of their job, and it's not part of their general, like, business strategy to to create the resources for deep lore and stuff, I could see, like, how this situation would come up, how it would come to yeah. fruition i guess just understanding a little bit about what goes on behind the scenes yeah but so see here's the deal man you hire that other guy well but wizards is a small team it's not <laughs> they're not yeah it's 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 tough it's a tough balance to justify that that additional resource there's one thing i did want to uh kind of circle back on in terms of like streamlining mm-hmm. things yeah especially with with regards to characters. I feel like there's a ton of features, abilities, traits mm-hmm. both from like the the backgrounds you can choose, from the races you choose, um or even the class. Like if you're a yeah. ranger and you can't ever get lost, like how often does that ever come up in games? Where yeah. you can forage for food and stuff. It's there's just like these weird little things that sound really cool but don't really get a lot of action in the game. And pretty much everything that's useful is generally broad sweeping strokes here. Combat focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not always, but that that's that tends to where it leads, which is a hallmark of its you know, tactical war game um origin. Yeah. So I wonder if we're gonna see a shift maybe more towards tactical or more towards collaborative storytelling and like, you know, that end. I'm kinda of curious where that push and pull will be. But how they handle a lot of those uh, just different features. Like how, I'm kind of, I, I'm, I'm craving maybe a different expression of those that yeah. is more impactful in game because some of them are really great, but most of them are not. Yeah. I'll agree to that. There, there are a lot of those background traits and like specifically, I think the background traits, like if you go into different backgrounds, so like I I'll look through and I'm like, I mean, I, my character is like, this is their background. So I'll pick it, but I have no clue how I'm going to use this feature. And like, maybe once you can shoehorn it into a game if, if you're specifically trying to. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that's a good idea to like, I don't know. Cause that stuff's out there and like it's in five E. So you're not going to be able to cut the fat cause it's already there. Um, and they can't just say like, you remember all those things, ignore them because they're still in the books. Yeah. And if we're not switching to D and D six, then we still have the books. Yeah. Is it so, going to introduce more like yeah. advanced Dungeons and Dragons where it's just like, we're going to kind of to your point before, like, are we going to make it more complicated by blue? I don't know. Yeah. I, I like now that we've kind of talked through it. Again, I'm not a game designer, so I don't know how they would do this, but like simplifying the game would be tough because all of the things that made the game complicated are still out there and we're still in that rule set. Yeah. And how do you reconcile that? Exactly. I don't know how you would be how you would like take things away. So I imagine they're adding things. I, I I would be more willing to think that it's like kind of to your point now, they're 
look maybe look for different ways to play the game i i would say probably some other tools and um like like cards again wizards loves cards because they that could potentially simplify it a little bit if you have like decks of cards that can that can do some things but it's also another revenue source for them yeah i think a dm list option could give you some like new tools and yeah. rules to use still play together and then have maybe some kind of either book or pamphlet or cards or even an online digital mm-hmm. like a digital dm would be kind of cool like if you could have if you could set up like a laptop or an ipad or something and it's almost like a sort of choose your own adventure style that you play yeah that could be interesting that would be interesting i doubt that they would do that yeah but it's always um, fun to fun to dream yeah but I it's wanted, interesting. I wanted to do because um, nobody. I've never. There's not really a lot. There's only one instance of this that I've that I know of. The Skyrim very special edition that you can play on, like Alexa or like voice, voice automated or voice yeah AI type platforms. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to some of the software engineers at work. Like, what would it? Have you guys dabbled in this? What would it take to create some kind of like? audio like uh not text-based but like voice-based yeah yeah adventure game i thought that would be so fun to to tinker around, that, around with that could be really cool and we're in the age that like somebody's messing around with something like that yeah like we have i feel like like we have the technology yeah well I love, we just need to like apply it in this i really enjoy this, this yeah zone. we can yeah it'd be fun to play with i, I just i miss the my text-based rpg mud days and yeah that could be a fun way to try and pull on some of those nostalgic strings i always think back to that strong bad video oh yeah <laughs> you try and get the cup but all you have to do is think about why you can't get your cup it's never end of the text-based games <laughs> yeah all right man well i think that actually is a good stopping point because we've speculated as much as we can i think about what a new version of D or an overhaul would look like do you have any last last thoughts i don't think i do no i i mean well yeah i would yes. say i know i always say like no but here's something i'm excited that they're giving out the the survey i would hope that a large amount of the player base actually fills it out so that it's not just the vocal minority mm-hmm. um and i would hope for more role like we talked about more role playing more like out of combat focused things but i would be happy if they if they put in some kind of combat focused stuff because maybe it makes combat spicier and, and more fun um, yeah or you know if they we, we've talked it. about exactly we we didn't actually go over this in this conversation but we've talked about streamlining combat before and like how to do it how to make it interesting how to make it fun that could be i would be into that too yeah agreed all right well that's it for our discussion today on what DD overhaul would look like in 2024 we hope you enjoyed we'd love to hear your thoughts about what you want from an overhaul in this game check us out at plus one to gaming.com to subscribe and get updates delivered straight to your inbox never spam thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next time